Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, with you for the next couple of hours as we talk sports with you. Thanks for uh, spending some of your morning here with us. Uh, good to have Trent back in the saddle. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. John Bowenkamp, who we're going to hold off. We were going to hold off until uh, following uh, Hawkeye Media Day, but with the uh, passing overnight of Vin Scully, 94 years old. What a life, 67 years uh, with the Dodgers. Just absolutely remarkable. No other broad t- broadcaster in sports uh, spent lo- that uh, much time with one franchise. Uh, he did, and we were better for it. Just listening to uh, him call games and the person that he was. So uh, we're going to get John Bowenkamp, who is a Dodger fan, clearly listened to Vin Scully uh, over the years. Boy, he's been at some uh, some of the checkpoints, um, historical checkpoints in Major League Baseball, without question. Hank Aaron's home run, of course, Kirk Gibson. He actually called when he was doing NFL. He was on the call for the catch. 1981. Unbelievable. The catch. Dwight Clark, Joe Montana. As called by Vin Scully, um, so uh, just we'll we'll get John Bowen camp. We will reminisce a little bit, and I want, we want to play one at least play by play clip, and we'll get to it uh, coming up here in a few minutes. Just this kind of epitomizes his style of broadcasting. Uh, we will hear that coming up here. Uh, in a few minutes. So he'll start things off. Mitch Holt is back with us. He was tied up yesterday during the 1050 portion of the program. But as uh, if you listened yesterday, you did hear the uh, Patrick Mahomes sound today, Travis Kelsey. But Mitch will be with us live at 1050. Uh, at 11.05, Nick Olson's going to help us out. It was Iowa State football media day yesterday. Of course, Nick was there. Uh, boy, it had to be a hot one on the field at Jack Trice Stadium uh, yesterday. But uh, Nick Olson will opine on what he heard what he saw and what he was able to gather. And then David Kaplan uh, from Chicago Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cappy. He will join us in his regular spot uh, at 11.30 or thereabouts. Of course, the big news out of Chicago, Wilson Contreras. Um, It's still a cub. That's a shock. A huge one. I mean, what does that mean? Does he? Did teams not covet him as much as the Cubs thought? I mean, the the knock on him is he's he's a great hitter. Mm Mm-hmm. The catching thing's kind of iffy, right? He's fine. He's fine, right? Yeah. But he's not elite, and blow. Average. He's thirty-one years old, sure. and you're going to have to resign him. But he stayed. Hap stayed. Um, so it's going to be awkward. I think. Well, we'll see. I'll get Cappy's opinion on that. First and foremost, before we get into sports, you're back after your vacation. Yes. Uh, was it, uh, was, did you get the rest you deserved? Are your batteries recharged and ready to head headlong into high school football? No, not at all. You're no, not. No. Family vacation. Remember this. This was a family vacation. So next and... week that'll, that'll happen. You'll recharge yes, in Vegas. That's the plan. Well, By the way, you know what the night that you get there on Thursday, you yeah. know what Thursday is? It's Field of Dreams game. It is. Yeah, yes, so I did see that on the schedule. Watching the Field of Dream games at, uh, at Circa in front of the screens will be a, Sounds like a pretty good evening to me. Not too bad. I'll be there with you. In fact, I'll be getting to town probably right around then after uh, getting checked in. Going to be there late afternoon. So looking forward to that one. But it was a family vacation. A family vacation, by the way, that got off to a rough start. 
So wake up early, you know, five forty-five. What time's your flight Tuesday? I think it was like eight, something so not like that. Terrible, not terrible. Right. So we're getting ready, my wife and I. Kids are still sleeping. All right, everything's good. About half hour into kind of last minute, everything's packed. Yeah, let's get everything in the car. Right. Here's the alert. Flight canceled. Oh no! You're Not delayed. Cancel your first flight of your trip. First flight. So and this was the Southwest. Southwest. So it was Des Moines to St. Louis. St. Louis to Pensacola. Pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Not not rough at all. Well, I'm assuming it would have been if the plane wasn't canceled. <laughs> right. So it's canceled. Okay. So we are going to rebook you here. Da da da. Uh, we'll rebook you tomorrow. Uh-huh. No no no. So well, we live as everybody does in Central Iowa. 15, 20 minutes away from the airport. Not that far. Tara's on the phone. She's on hold forever. I'm just going to drive there. So I go up to the ticket counter. A couple people in front. Lady says, here's what I got for you. You're going to leave this afternoon at 1 o'clock. You're going to leave from Des Moines to St. Louis, St. Louis to Nashville, Nashville to Pensacola. But you will get there today. Perfect. I said, when will it print? Do you have a printout for me? It'll show up in your app two hours before. So I get home. This is great. We're going to get there today. Kids are excited. We're going to get there. And then it doesn't show up in the app. Mm-hmm. And we start to get nervous. And we say, you know what? Let's just all go to the airport. We'll figure it out from there. So we all go, pile the kids in. Everything's still was thinking. Was the lady that, you, that looked after you earlier in the morning, was she still on duty? She was on duty. Uh-huh. She didn't remember you? She would not look at me. Oh, boy. Because I went up and they said, uh, no, that's for tomorrow. I said, wait, wait, wait. So we lost this day. We could have drove to Kansas City, to Omaha, to Minneapolis. We could have done something else. But now it's pushing noon. All those flights that we could have made this morning, there's no chance of that. Different airlines, we couldn't have done that. I was irate. And as you know, I'm a pretty mild-mannered mm-hmm. guy in general. Yeah, I get fired up about sports, but right. come on. That's me on the radio getting fired up about sports. In real life, if you will, I'm pretty mild-mannered. And I started to, and I finally said, Terry, you talked to her. And this lady that helped me that morning, she would still, she kept, she stayed on the other side, on the other ticket agent. Every time I look at her, she'd look away because she knows she screwed up. So that made me upset. Tara, same thing. So we get to the point where there's only one way to get there that day, and that was with a different airline. So we decided we're going to fly to New Orleans, and then instead of make the 45-minute drive from Pensacola to Gulf Shores, we'll make the three-and-a-half-hour drive. We do that. Rebook everything, go through American, all good. Everything's great. We're tired, but we get there. We get to New Orleans about midnight, changed my car reservation, everything, all and good. And you were able to do that? Was changed? able to do it. Yeah. I get there, 12.15, kick hurts, they're open, all good. Yeah. I have my reservation, here's my confirmation number. Uh-huh. Here's a compact car. Oh, I would love a <laughs> compact car. Oh, we don't do same-day reservations. And this was my tipping point. Then why did you take the reservation? I screamed. Probably even louder than that. I, I lost it. I was, my blood pressure was through the roof. Why? Why do you take a reservation if you don't have a reservation? I didn't understand it. I was baffled. Again, I walked away and went downstairs. There was one open. It was, I think, budget. Yeah. I said, I do not have a reservation. I know everybody else is out of cars that I, I've talked to. We can do something for you. I said, I will not be able to drop it off back here in New Orleans. We're flying out of Pensacola. There'll be a fee. I don't care. Just I just need a vehicle. At this time, it's pushing 1 o'clock. I have three and a half hours still in front of me to drive. And two kids. Two kids that are 
done. Yeah. They get me a vehicle, and away we went. And got there, 4.30 oh a.m. What was that about? So about Wednesday? almost 24 hours. It was, yeah. What it a way to start the vacation. A long, long time. But you know what? Had some beers, laid on the beach, a lot of pool time. Yep. It was all good. It was all good. But me, Mr. Mild-mannered Trent Condon, uh. that... that that agent at the Hertz, it was not her fault. I get that. And, that, and that's why I very no, rarely do things like that. But at that point, after that much travel, and knowing I still had three and a half hours in front of me, oh, yeah, we don't have it. Well, you could stay. Uh, you could get a hotel, and we open tomorrow morning at 830. <laughs> no, I just, I just want to get in the car and finish this. But we got it done. Thankful for that one agent. I gave you the hook Did up. anybody stay awake with you in the three and a half hour drive? Tara did, did mostly. She, yeah. Yeah, she maybe true. nodded off for a half hour, mm-hmm. but she battled through as well. She persevered. The kids, no, they were done. Well, that's good. That's probably a blessing. <laughs> exactly. They needed to sleep. Well, glad to have you back. Glad to have you back. It's, uh, it's Why do you take the reservation? Really? It's, it doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. And we're uh, traveling next week, so hopefully things will work yes, out. Yes, exactly. Fingers, fingers crossed <laughs> as we head to, uh, to to Las Vegas. Well, what did you miss when you were when we were gone? Oh, Big Ten Media Days, Iowa State Media Days. Apparently, Minnesota is going to join the Big 12, I according saw to that people. tweet yesterday. Come on, people. Let, let's yeah. have a little conversation. Common sense here. Now that's the point we've reached, right? That's the point. So I, I have to, I have to stop and, and tell you this story. And it's, um, it, it has to do with Deshaun Watson, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who was suspended on Monday morning. So about eight o'clock on Sunday night, you know, the words out. We, the NFL Players Association had put out their statement that they're calling on the NFL to just accept anything that comes forward mm-hmm. because nobody knew yet, right? right. The, 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 um, the length of suspension was going to be. Um, May, everybody was going to be aware on Monday, Monday morning. So about 8 o'clock on Sunday night. Do you know who tweeted the length of the suspension and the fact that, um, what's, I can't remember the judge's name. I think it's Kim something regardless. Judge has, uh, has, has made her final decision. Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended for six games. This is 8 o'clock on Sunday night. Adam Schefter? No. Well, you'd think he might yeah. be one of those guys, right, that, that gets it. I don't know if I could give you five guesses. I don't know what what hints I would get you to the point that, oh, you know what? I know what you mean. This was a prognosticator that, first of all, everybody pointed at and laughed at. Mm -hmm. And then he started to, maybe he's not fully, you know what? You know what? This guy's got a pretty good source. You know what? this This might be right. Oh, this is 2020 I'm talking about. I, I think he said the, the word that clicked in my mind, right. Sir Yacht was right. Yes. <laughs> Sir Yacht. So had, well, he's from Ohio. Well, I don't care where he's from. The NFL didn't know. Well, we're, we led to believe. But isn't that wild that yeah. this guy, two years later, he's back? <laughs> of all the people, all the Adam Schefters of the world right. had no idea what was going to come down. But Sir Yacht had it. I, I had an it. idea the whole time. I told you it was going to be six games. Yeah, well, and, and that's what it And it I, I hate to be right about it because it's something that obviously should be more. But when you look at precedent, when you give it to an arbitrator. Right, who looks at precedent. This is what so many people and, and smart people, the, yeah. uh, who am I, the pro football, Florio. Yeah. Smart guy, lawyer. Like, right. And how he couldn't see that this was going to be the end game. I, I was... Shocked to the people. Oh, this this could be a two year suspension. It's not going to be. You mm-hmm. have to look at precedent here. That had to be a huge component of yeah, it. It was, and we saw six games was yeah. basically kind of the calling and, card. And for then something the like NFL this. only brought four cases, four of the twenty six or whatever mm-hmm. it was, forward uh, to the uh, to the judge. Anyways, um, 
Suryat was Sir right Yacht. once again on Sunday night. So what else did you miss? You missed Big Ten media days and Pac-12 media days. Apparently, what there's a fight now. Big Twelve and and Pac-12 yeah. people hate each other. What's going on here? Fill well, me in. it's just it's just um, goes back to the one of them's going to survive type of thing. It's going to our conference is better than yours type of uh, conversation. Uh, we're going to be the best. We have the uh, we have the most to offer. Dot dot dot. It's look at those those people aren't going to determine it. We know who's going to determine it. It's CSPN, it's Fox, it's whoever the Big Ten leaves behind. Then the other, I don't want to call them scraps, because CBS or NBC or whoever it is mm-hmm. uh, certainly deserves more than that. Uh, so I, I think that's probably all you missed. Uh, you missed the trade deadline yesterday in baseball. That was fun to keep an eye on. It was really flights, good. Yeah. You know, it was real. It was it was a trade deadline. You know, as, <laughs> as some go, it's kind of eh. right. A lot of whole hum ones throughout right. the years. Uh, Major League Baseball was terrific yesterday. But the big story from last uh, from last night, uh, which overshadows all the all the player movement. I think uh, is the is the passing of Vince Scully and, and what he what he meant to the game uh, and what he brought to televisions and to radios um, throughout the 67 years that he broadcast in the beginning the Brooklyn Dodgers and then the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers and some of the moments that he's had on the microphone just just all timers. Do you have the Madison Bumgartner? Um, I'm not sure who he was pitching to. But it is this kind of epitomizes, I think, the play-by-play style of one of the smoothest broadcasters in the history of sports broadcasting, quite frankly. Didn't have a partner for a majority of the time, and this is what you have to do. And you just fill. Between pitches, you just fill. And here's Vin spinning stories while not missing a single pitch or a beat. You know, Bumgarner tells a story which, in a sense... Reminds you of what it takes to be a big league ball player. It's two years ago in spring training, and he and his wife were roping cattle, which is what they do. One one pitch, sinker low, ball two, two and one, and they were startled by a large snake. And Madison thought it was a rattlesnake, so he grabbed an axe and he hacked the snake to pieces. But there's something more to the story. Two one pitch. Low, ball three, three and one. When his wife, Allie, and an expert field dresser examined what was left of the snake, she found two baby jackrabbits inside pieces of the snake and extracted them. Three-one pitch to Turner, way inside, ball four. And after she extracted them a short while later, the Bumgarners noticed that one of the rabbits had moved slightly. It was alive. Well, his wife brought the rabbit back to their apartment. For the next few days, they kept it warm, bottle-nursed it, and the rabbit soon was healthy enough that they released it into the wild. And Madison said, just think about how tough that rabbit was. First it gets eaten by a snake, then the snake gets chopped to pieces, then it gets picked up by people and lives. It's all true. Meanwhile, line drive base hit to center by Hendrick, and the Dodgers are in business, first and second and nobody out. So I guess really the morale of the whole story about the rabbit and the snake, you've got to somehow survive, you've got to somehow battle back. A lesson well taught for all of us. Unbelievable. What 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 a what a life what a life what a broadcaster yeah he was un- he was incredible he really and truly was and um, 
the, I don't know, the voice of baseball? Mm-hmm. Could we call him that? I mean, Jack Buck was excellent, you know, excellent, right? And there's been some, and sadly, there's a couple probably. Uh, uh, what's his guy? John? Uh, oh God. The, the Yankees broadcast, Sterling. Sterling, John yes. Sterling. Yes. Oh my God. Bob Euchre. Yep. You know, guys that are getting up in age, right? That that have uh, been, if you're a Yankees fan, part of the, if you're a Brewers fan, uh, but some of these voices being, you know, we're at the point. Everybody gets older, they're going to be silenced at some point. Vin went out after a long 67-year career. And he was still throwing fastballs. So yeah. He was still pumping and he was still painting the corners. And yep. he was older. And he saw it right there. And just that grandfatherly, mm-hmm. old-timey baseball, baseball on the radio. Turn the radio on, let him tell stories and describe what's going on between the lines. It's incredible. It really and truly is. Now, this is Tyler Allen, who, by the way, did a terrific job with your absence. I, I would work with Tyler Allen. I told him this. You could do this with me anytime you have to. Uh, Tyler, you've got a Vince, Dully, a Vince Gully story? I didn't know that. What? Um, well, obviously, we didn't know they passed when we spent uh, five days together. Uh, thank you, first of all, yeah, for for sitting you, in uh, for for Trent and sure. uh, for helping me, but what's your Vince Scully story? How did you cross paths? So we uh, worked at uh, uh, Fox Sports at Rocky Mountain out in Denver. Um, we, you and I, talked on off the air a little bit about this, and we um, the 2007 uh, World Series. The Rockies made it, and it was an improbable story. In, in fact, the three weeks leading up to the playoffs, TBS, who had all the World Series games, kept having the Mets. As one of the teams that they were showing, they didn't end up making it because the Rockies and Padres had to play that ridiculously long game that ended with Matt Holiday scraping his on home plate. Mm-hmm. So we had to win twenty. Tim McClellan, West Des Moines, behind the plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you guys probably remember that that year, and it was just improbable. We had to win twenty one of twenty two to get in the play in game. Then we swept the Phillies and swept the Diamondbacks, and then we got swept by the Red Sox. But I got to work on the project. They did a whole thing called twenty one or twenty two days, and all I did was transcribe all the interviews so that it was easier for the producers to edit the show together. And it was just, you know, one of those thirty for thirty types of, of shows about the the whole run. And I, I had no idea, but I finally got a DVD copy of it, put it in my you know DVD at home, and Vin Scully, the voice of the Dodgers, a rival of the Rockies, agreed to narrate this thing. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, that's, you know, it, it just, it, it's just something that you don't see because, you know, he's the voice of the Dodgers, but because it was such a great baseball story, he had to be part of it. And I never met the guy myself, but just knowing that that was the kind of attitude he had about the story, the story was the thing. It wasn't necessarily rivalries and things. It was, this story is incredible for baseball. I want to do it. And I just, the fact that there's a project out there that has his name and my name in the same credit. <laughs> That's awesome. Man, I hang that on my resume every day and twice yeah, on Sunday. You absolutely should. Thank you again for sitting in here when uh, Trent was on vacation. Tyler, take care. Uh, thanks for chiming in. I appreciate it. Um, good stuff on it, Tyler Allen. That's a pretty good one to have on your yeah, resume, isn't it? Yeah, not bad, right? Not bad at all. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah, Vince Scully and myself, we worked on a project yeah. And, Together. And, and here's the proof. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> plug, plug this in and, and, and look at the credits. Good stuff. So uh, your thoughts on the trade deadline from uh, the Twins' perspective? I thought they you know, they needed a starting pitcher, and they I was going to think, you know, they're going to get a reliever, and that's it. I mean, they got a good one, don't get me wrong, mm. but this team needs starting, and later on in the day, they did. Yeah, going out and getting Mally, a guy that 
It's very simple. You look at his home road splits, and it's incredible. You've seen these numbers. The mm-hmm. ERA, north of five at home. Mm-hmm. Outside of there, under yep. four. Okay, this is a guy that is a fly ball pitcher in the great American ballpark. Balls fly up. That is not a kind of pitcher right. that you want to be. So starting right there, yeah. pretty good. This is also somebody that had been targeted for a while. If you read The Athletic and Aaron Gleeman, or if you read in any of the Twin Cities papers, this is a guy that's always been in that mix, always been talked about because of the team control aspect about it. So I'm good with it. I'm happy with it. I think it's it's fine, if you will. It's not great, but you don't have to be great to win this division. It's just, at this point, get in. Right. The 18-game losing streak, it is what it is. And if you get swept again, if you have to play got in. the Blue Jays, and they come in and they win all three in Minnesota, all right, now they're, they're there this weekend, by the way. They are, for four. Yeah. And the losing streak goes to 21. What's the difference between 18 and 21, right? But just get in. <laughs> At this point, you're right. Just get in and give yourself a chance. And I think now they've given themselves a better chance. I liked what they did. Than certainly Cleveland did, and, and the White Sox, too, where mm-hmm. both of those teams basically were happy to stand pat and say, hey, this division isn't very good. We don't need to spend money yet. That isn't there. But because Mally has another year of team control, I think that makes a whole lot of sense for them. And you look at the relievers, yeah, bring in a couple of arms. They certainly need that. It wasn't a wow factor, but it was a pretty good. B minus, I'll take it. Yeah, I thought they checked some boxes. Yeah. You needed a starter, and you got a You're starter. You're still in first. Yep. Go out there. Clinging, but still in first. <laughs> Barely. So the other two, uh, the Guardians and the White Sox both won last night, correct? And the Twins fell. Uh, the Guardians lost last they, night. They did. The they, okay, yeah. they went down. I, I saw the, uh, it was 9-2, I want to say, the White Sox over, over the Royals. How about Jacob DeGrom getting blown out? As big a favorite in Major League Baseball betting-wise as we've seen, um, and he gets they get crushed. How many times do I have to tell you guys coming off the injured list? Yeah, even even if it's Jacob Degrom. Yeah, fade him. Yeah, absolutely. Was, so the Blue Jays made a move. They did. Yes, they did. Now, unfortunately, he can't play any home games. <laughs> but uh, I wonder if they knew. <laughs> so what's going to happen here, Whit, Whit Merrifield? If you missed this part of the story, who? What? I mean, he's nowhere near the guy he was. No, right? absolutely not. No, I mean, for them, he's just another bat and a right-handed bat, right? Don't they need a lefty bat in that he, lineup? He, I thought he switch hitter. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what it was. Um, yeah, I, I just look at it. It's, it's nothing to get too excited about for my money. No. Uh, but especially we can only play the road games. He's the Kyrie Irving so without is, the talent. Is, is he going to? I don't know. Because wasn't point, there? I, I, my memory. I'm so sick of vaccine yeah. and vaccine talk. I think you know what I'd rather do. I'd rather talk about live golf. Really? I think it's these two that have just put me over the edge. Just can we move on, world? Him or maybe another one of the Royals players when they were going to Toronto. Yeah, ben, ben attendee. Yeah. And they said, if it came to the point where we were traded to Toronto. Or, or, or a, a American, American League East yeah. rival, right. They said that they would, and I can't remember which one said this, but said that they would ben be Ben attendee, and then Ben attendee hasn't yet. Jeez. What a mess. I don't, what a mess. And yeah, Merrifield, he's, how, how he's just right handed. He's not even a switch hitter. Is he? Okay. So um, how about the fact that the boxes you have to check when do you have team control? Uh-huh. What's, what's the injury report? We got to check injuries, dot, dot, dot. Vaccination status. <laughs> now we got to see if he's. This is incredible. Please move on, world. Please move <sighs> on. Uh, anyway, so uh, trade. So obviously, the big move was Soto, the mm-hmm. Padres. And I'm going to ask Bowen Camp this, although I know what answer I'm going to get. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. Um, Padres got a lot better. Yes, Padres are going for it in a big, big way. Josh Hader. I mean, if you, you hate to put him out there back-to-back nights because on the second night, he's not the guy that he was the night before most cases. 
Um, but boy, oh boy, the Padres and Eric Hosmer. I mean, you got to be. Can you imagine going from that to being asked to go to the Nationals? Now he threw the flag on that and said, "No, I'm not going." Ended up with the Red Sox, but you know, you feel pretty good, and then you bring in Josh Bell in addition to Juan Soto, and you lose your spot and you're out the door. Oh, not only that, but now you have Fernando Tatis Jr. that's going through rehab, and he's very close to coming back. Mm-hmm. I think about that. You're bringing in Soto, you're bringing in Bell, mm-hmm. and now you're bringing in a generational star, and Tatis on top of it right. coming off the injured list. This team offensively looks absolutely stacked. The pitching staff can be really good. Mm-hmm. Darvish, we know when he's right just how I good he, he can be. I think he pitches to, I know, that's Sunday night baseball. It's um, it's Padres-Dodgers this weekend. Oh, wow, that'll be a good I think series. Su- I think Sunday night, ba- he might be starting Sunday. I know he starts in the series anyways. So. There's a lot of talent in that pitching staff. I, I like what they've done. Mm-hmm. I, I can't see... If this is NLCS, if that's how it plays out, and you get Padres, Dodgers, even with Dodgers with home field, who would you take? What if I gave you the Padres a plus 150? Padres. Plus 130. Uh, now you're thinking. Yeah, okay. That's, that, that's, that's, that's the typical cutoff. But yeah. if I give you plus 150, you're taking the Padres. Mm-hmm. That's Yeah, that was the number that jumped my head. I would absolutely right now, healthy on both sides, mm-hmm. both the Dodgers and the Padres are healthy, Give me plus 150. I think I got a bunch of 20 to 1s on them to win the World Series. You do. From way back, yes. Aha. So you're feeling great. I am. I like what they did. Yeah, I like what they did. So we'll we'll see. Anyways, John Boardcamp coming up. It's just a guy that young that looks to be a generational player in Soto. We're good. Mm -hmm. We're going to trade them all. Look at the guys they've traded. Mm -hmm. The guys they've run out of town. I mean, they had so you could build a lineup that would win, that could would compete in the uh, in the NL East if those if all those guys were still there. Trey Turner, Max Scherzer, Juan Soto, just within the last right. year, those three guys have gone, and yet even after all the guys that they brought when in, when did Rondon go? Didn't he go in the he, last couple? Or last well, year? that was a little bit before, was right it? Now. But okay. since last trade deadline, those three guys, and they still barely have a top ten uh, farm system. Mm-hmm. That shows you just how depleted mm-hmm. they were and how much work they probably still have in front of them. And they're still just prospects. Go back to the last time a young superstar was traded, Miguel Cabrera, in 2007. At the time, the Tigers traded away two top ten all, across all the baseball prospects. Who were they? Andrew Miller. Oh, okay, yeah. And Cameron Maven. These guys okay, were yeah. top ten, yeah. can't-miss prospects that were both pretty good. Yeah. But you also got a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Same thing here. You look at these prospects of the Padres, you're oh boy, I really like this guy, and I like this guy. And everybody likes their own prospects more. If you're whatever a fan of, you like your guy because you've been following him a little bit, whatever it is. They're overrated, ultimately. How many of these guys ultimately come back to bite you? It's a small number. I mean, we bring up Doyle Alexander and John Smoltz. That was well, 35 years ago. Boy, that was we, an all-timer. But that was 35 years ago. And we, that, because that's one of our few reference points mm-hmm. we actually have in these deals mm-hmm. of, oh boy, you just can't do... It happens what, once every two generations we're going to get worked up. It's the right thing to do. If you can get a star, you go get a star. Prospects be damned. Well, was it Buster? Were you? But then I bring it up. Maybe the day before you left on vacation on Sunday Night Baseball, they were talking about uh, that this might be the biggest, um, the biggest name as far as a young superstar to move since the name that he threw out there. Remember what it was? Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. <laughs> yeah. Now. I don't know if I can go there, but who knows? He's 23 years old. Now he doesn't pitch, and 
Babe Ruth did at the time. Anyways, we'll take a time out. We'll come back. Uh, John Bowenkamp will join us. We'll opine on Vin Scully, uh, who passed away 94 years of age, 67 years, moved with the team to L.A. when they left Brooklyn and was there until 2016, I believe, is when he called his last game. But it was more than baseball. It was football. He did He did a lot. And um, Wow, what a voice. Uh, we'll take a time out. Miller and Con- It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all... It's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And then underwent a Wednesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Slash careers. Now back to Middle and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Good quote from Tim McCarver. If John Facenda, who is the voice of NFL Films, if John Facenda is known as the voice of God, where does that leave Vince Scully? Right? Oh, my, my, my. Some of the um, uh, tributes pouring in uh, from people associated with uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, worth the time to take to read. John Bowenkamp is a Dodger fan. Uh, he joins us. I'm sure he spent a number of nights, days listening to Vince Scully over the years. 67 years with with the Dodgers. What a remarkable run, John Bowenkamp. What a m- yeah. remarkable man and what a great life. Yeah, uh, you know, I... Somebody, I talk about tributes and things. I, I just saw one on Twitter. Somebody said that Ben Scully welcomed in spring, defined summer, and ushered in the fall. Yeah, that's good. And I think that's probably, I mean, that, that's just such an accurate, you know. Um, you know, every, every, and another thing, you always think you see, and somebody said something one time about every life has a soundtrack, and, you know, you remember songs, you remember. Ben Scully's been a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. And whether it's, you know, when you grew up, you know, think games you grew up watching, you know, and I, I, I think back to the, the Dwight Clark catch in, in, for the 49ers, Ben Scully did that game. Um, you know, 85 playoffs, NLCS, you know, Jack Clark's home run, Ben Scully called that game. You know, I'm in my dorm room at Iowa in 86 when Bill Buckner, you know, the Buckner play in the 86 World Series. And it just, and then, and, and, and obviously the 88 World Series, which was, you know, a, a world championship. Yep. Yeah. And, and, an all time call, um, you know, I, and, and that's what I think, you know, really makes you sad is when you lose those voices that you remember, you know, from your life. And, and that's the way I was last night when I, when I heard the news. It was an incredible career. So many great sounds, great, great memories, but, it was just his ability to take game 84 being played in <laughs> right. in June. and On a Tuesday. Right. For me, I, I just loved with the advent of the MLB network, and I never got extra innings because I was able to get the Twins with the sports pack on DirecTV. But right. when MLB network would have a Dodger game on, and I knew that night, I could flip it on, be on the background, I'd be doing other things, but that would just be a part of it because I'm not a Dodger fan. I'm, I'm not like you, but the way that he yeah. just – Explained the game and told the stories and and I saw a great uh, spot. I think it was uh, it was a Minnesota-based sports writer and said they knew Jerry Sloan very well. And Vin Scully's ears perked up 
And then they had a 10-minute conversation about a <laughs> basketball coach that was a great basketball coach, but it was just something else to add to his mm. repertoire. Another conversation, another story. John, those stories, they're just absolutely legendary. We played one earlier, the Madison Bumgarner one, Killing the Snake. Yeah. Yeah. Those stories are, I for me, what makes him what Vin Scully was for 67 years. Yeah, I mean, there was there was just that way of, of piecing together you know, and, and Rick Monday had a great line, and I was reading it in the Tom Verducci story, that, you know, if Vin Scully would start st- telling a story with two out, the batter would inevitably foul <laughs> off four or five yeah. pitches. Yeah. And he's like, and if any of us do that, the guy grounds into a double fight in, in <laughs> you know. Um, it's the way he was, and, I, and, and, he would, and, and if he would, if the story wouldn't end before the end of it, he'd pick it up. You know, the next time, it was just, it was fascinating, you know, to listen to him do a game. And it was, there was something soothing. The name. Breaking up, uh, John. Are you still there? Oh, could you? Yeah, yep, can you hear me? Yep, now you're back. Hey, John, did you ever get to Dodger Town before it was, of course, the Dodgers moved to Arizona? Did you ever get to Florida to Dodger Town? No, I never did. And I've never been to Dodger Stadium either, which is disappointing, you know. Um, but, um, just uh, just an absolute, uh, just the, the piece of ground, hallowed ground. You know, you yeah. walk into the clubhouse and there's Koufax and, or, or into, not the actual, you know, the locker room, but there, it was a, it was a big complex and there was a lunchroom. That's, I don't know how I found myself in there, but there was Scully in there and this was, I don't know, a March day, spring training had just started and there's Koufax and Drysdale and Monday and just some of the, you know, the, 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 the cards on my spokes coming to life, <laughs> right? Uh, and, and just watching these guys and that's my memory of him is just these guys just transfixed listening to him tell stories of which I'm sure you know the guys that were across the table were the focal point of those stories so many times what what an amazing amazing career yeah i mean the voice the voice was just you know legendary and i think back to and i and i tell the story uh 2014 um when i lost a very close friend of mine late august those dodger games were like a 3 hour escape for me you know you 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 listen to you know you just, that was your moment to breathe. And, and he allowed you to do that, you know, just, um, you know, and that's what I loved about him. I, I just thought that, that he just was just such a wonderful announcer and did such a great job with, with what he was able to do. It was a career. How about 1988? You mentioned it just a moment ago. Yep. So Kirk Gibson comes up and these are some of my early baseball memories. 86 is the first World Series that I really remember. Of course, 87 was a great one. <laughs> Twins over the Cardinals. And then 1988. I mean, I'm locked in. And I'm eight years old at the time. I think, there's no way. This guy's limping out here. Dennis Eckersley was unhittable. Yes, he was. He had the mullet flying out. That moment Mustache. as a Dodgers fan. And that Dodgers team that season, too. It was Oral Hershiser and a bunch of yep. junk. Mm-hmm. It was. It's true. How that happened, and then not only that, to win game one and go on to win the sweep. Take us back to that moment as a Dodger fan and, and having been on the call for it on top of it as the national broadcaster at that time. You know, you remember, I, I, I remember when they won that game, I'm like, they're going to win the World Series. It just seemed destined at that point, you know. And one of his great, you know, one of the great games he called in that series was game two, which was a, a complete game. And just the way he did, and, and it's like I've gone back and I've watched some of those, you know, over the years. And I, and just the way, you know, those that, those are games. Are that's I just remember that voice. I remember 
how he called those games. And what's really funny is there's a lot of Dodger games I remember that, that I don't remember him calling. I, when I watched him, he wasn't calling them. But I found the calls on YouTube. And now it's like that's part of my, you know, that that now I relate those, you know, those calls to his games. Like they showed the one, uh, somebody had the video the other night of, of the 83 game against the Braves that they rallied late, and, and that was the year they, they ended up beating the Braves in the division, and it was a pivotal game in September. I watched that game on TBS, but in my mind, I can still hear Vince hmm. Gully's call because I've seen it so many times on YouTube. And so I, that's to me, that's that was, you know, I, it just it, he just meant so much to the game, and he meant so much to my life, and that's why last night was just so, so hard for me. Because of of what I remember of the, of the the games that he called, who was who's the uh, and I believe he's retired as well. The Hispanic broadcaster that calls uh, the game the the do- Jaime. Uh, what, what's his name? Jaime Harin. There you go, he, Jaime Harin, and he still does games. And I got to meet him actually in because uh, he was still traveling with the team. I met him in St. Louis, and a mutual friend uh, who, who knew Jaime very well introduced me. A wonderfully nice man, just like Vince. And I mean, this was a guy. We were sitting at a table in the in the, in the press room eating, and you know, this friend of mine introduced me to him, and he was very cordial and all that. And, and we talked, and and, and I had to let the guys said, you know, I you know, big fan. You know, I've heard you know, I've heard your Spanish, you know, the Spanish language calls. And when he when he got up to leave, he walked over and and, and put his hand on my shoulder and shook my hand. He was as he was as nice as Ben, and so getting to meet him was a big deal too so yeah but he's still there he still does some games here and there but not like what he used to what did charlie charlie steiner leaves espn uh when mm-hmm. i don't know it was i think he was still towards the uh the top as far as the pecking order it's on sports center and he went to do exclusively to do dodger game did he do radio he did he then still does radio and what would happen was then the first three innings of every game that Vin called were done on the radio. So Rick and Charlie never came on until the fourth inning. Oh, I didn't know that. And, I mean, so, you know, again, these were, you know, I remember because, you know, I've, I've had, you know, I've listened to those games too. And, 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 I mean, they were more than happy to do it that way. You know, it's like, it's like Vin does the first three innings, they do the rest, you know. Um, one story he's talking about doing innings. I I had forgotten this story. Somebody brought up last night that there was a game in the in the eighties where he had done. Vin had done a, a game in St. Louis in the daytime for NBC. Flew to Houston that night to do the Dodgers Astros game, and that game went twenty two innings. <laughs> and he worked nineteen of the twenty two innings that night. And the only reason he did it was Don Drysdale was supposed to do the game and he had laryngitis. So Ben flew to Houston and did, he did two games that day and one of them was a 22-minute mm. game. Ben Scully. <laughs> unreal. Absolutely unreal. Well, hey, your Dodgers, they're still playing baseball out there. Charlie and company are on the call and there'll be a lot of certainly talk about Vin Scully here in the coming days. But you guys went out and got Joey Gallo. Not bad when he can get a 159 hitter. <laughs> your division mates, the Padres, they just go out and get Juan Soto. But we know what's going to happen, Josh right? Hader. Josh Hader. Josh Bell. Yeah, okay, great. They they boosted themselves to get the home field in the best of three wild card series. Um, <laughs> you know, true. I, it's, yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, that's what got me yesterday. Everybody was going on and on, and I was like, okay, 
Dodgers are 12 games ahead. They start getting guys back that have been injured. You know, they're going to get Chris Taylor back here in a couple weeks, Blake Trinan back, Walker Bueller back probably in September, Dustin May back here in the next couple of weeks. It's like, yeah, you know, you still have to catch them, and, and, and they're not going to do that, and they're still the best team in baseball. So. John Camp, thanks for sharing some of your <laughs> memories. We appreciate it. Yeah, I agree with you, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be a good fight. In fact, we get, uh, we'll be entertained Sunday night baseball, Padres and the Dodgers this week. John, oh, exactly. Good to catch up with you, John Camp. Talk to you in the weeks ahead. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yep, thank you. you, John Camp. as we catch up with our friend. Uh, Hawkeye Nation, AP, dot, dot, dot. We'll take a time out. Mitch Holt is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. will join Trent and I when we come back on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 Meadows. Sports Station 106.3 KXNO, 10 minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock. We'll get into Iowa State football media days, 11.05, and then David Kaplan uh, at the bottom of the hour. He will opine on what didn't happen for the Cubs and the White Sox. Right now, it's his spot. It's 10 minutes before 11. Let's get the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis. Hello, Mitch. Trenton Ken. How are you today? Hey, we got Trent back in there. Uh, give Cap hello when you have him at the uh, bottom of the hour. Give him a shout-out. Of course, he's loving this Cubs season. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, just tell him hello from Holtis. He'll, uh, he'll laugh. Absolutely. Well, hey, before, yeah. we get into, uh, before we get into the Chiefs, uh, uh, the sports world lost a legendary voice, right, in Vince Scully. Did you ever have a chance to, to, to cross paths with him, Mitch? I did a couple times. Um, I had the good fortune of the president of the this rebranded now but it was national sportscasters and sports writers and of course Vin was like the emeritus of everything there and so uh just a couple conversations but man it was gold um in this business uh, you could list all the women and men who've done it but he's at the top of the list and i don't think there's much argument nope won't get any from me. No, not at all. So, Mitch, uh, as you know, uh, I've been away on vacation. I pretty much unplugged for the last week plus. Give me a Chiefs overview, just where things are right now, training camp. If if you had to give a one-minute synopsis, and, well, that's what I'm asking for right now, just the tenor of how things are going here uh, about a week into things. Paragraph one, there is a chip on this team's shoulder. There's, there's this, this group is hyper-focused. And it starts with the top guys, uh, with Mahomes and Kelsey. They're just like laser focused. And it's because a lot of this external talk of thinking they're going to you know, like slip to eight and nine and you'll say bye bye to them. <laughs> so they're, they're retooled here. Two would be, and this has just happened over the last several days. Chris Jones and Frank Clark have come to work. They, they've slimmed down. Chris Jones is dominated in this camp and he's up against really good. You know, arguably one of the top five, three offensive interior linemen in the, in the linemen in the league. Mm-hmm. Where you've got Tooney Humphrey and, and Trey Smith, and they're having a hard time blocking him. That, that's big news in this camp. Uh, and Frank has come in, but and he slimmed down and like a reborn cat. Uh, quicker defense, much quicker. Could be the surprise of the AFC, in my opinion. Offensively, it has been the continued integration of the new guys, who the Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Mark uh, Mark Scantling. Sky Moore. They've improved the running back room, I think, uh, big time. 
Now, they, they got Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Everybody knows about him. They got McKinnon back. But they've added Rojo, Ronald Jones Jr., and they've got Isaiah Pacheco, who I don't know how he lasted to the seventh round out of Rutgers, but, but Ronald Jones Jr. and Pacheco are girthy running backs. I'm creating words here. About 218, 215 to 218. Pacheco runs a 437. If the Chiefs are playing tonight, he's your number one kick returner. And we know what Ronald Jones Jr. can do with what he did in Tampa Bay. He was a workhorse in their run to Super Bowl 55, including 67 yards against us. So there's your quick synopsis. There's more to this team than people externally uh, know about. There's new dudes. There's refocus. There's rookie class. Uh, is good and integrated quickly. Uh, there's just a lot of excitement around here, but it's a it's a reboot. Well, that Jones and uh, Frank Clark news uh, doesn't uh, sit well with, <laughs> with Raiders, Chargers, and Bronco fans, but certainly with Chief fans, that's huge. Well, Mitch, uh, as we talked yep. about on Monday, uh, I, I heard a, a soundbite, a vignette, you talking about Travis Kelsey. Yep. This was a month ago or, or thereabouts, and uh, just mm-hmm. the fact that you thought that this is a guy that really feels like he's got to earn his spot. You had an opportunity to talk to uh, Kelsey. Why don't you set this up? Well, this goes back to my original thesis here of when your two superstar Pro Football Hall of Fame guys are refocused or hyper-focused. But, but I watched Kelsey this spring and summer during OTAs and mandatory minicamp. I said, what are you doing, trying to make the team? <laughs> and that's why you hear this chuckle. But he, he just gives you and lays it out, which I think is the underlying theme of this uh, entire 2022 team to this point. <laughs> um, you know, I've uh, I've re refound a lot of love for this game. You know, I think uh, I think there's uh, there's more doubt in you know what we're capable of doing this year more than any year that I've been here, and um, that's fired me up, man. That's got me. That's got the juices flowing. Um, and on top of that, you know, uh, why not come out here and get better? I'm at a point in my career where um, everyone thinks that I'm going to start tailing off, and you know, I'm going to ride off into the sunset. And I'm here to, you know, still accomplish a lot. And uh, both personally as a t- as a team, you know, I um I want to get another one for Big Red. You know, I want to prove to the world that you know Kansas City Chiefs are who uh, who we've said we are. We don't get this guy. He he might be one of the more underrated guys in the entire National Football League. If you look at him statistically, and you hear, oh, is he Gronk? Is he sharp? Uh, I'm even couple of the 90s guys have been busting me up uh, because of Tony Gonzalez. I called every one of Tony Gonzalez's plays. And Tony Gonzalez is a pro football Hall of Famer, deservedly so. Nobody, nobody's on the planet with Kelsey. When you look at it statistically, guys, if he would have had five more yards against Cincinnati in the AFC Championship game, it would have been his eighth postseason 100-yard receiving game. He would have tied Jerry Rice for the all-time NFL record. Only Edelman, only Julian Edelman, a Rice one, Julian Edelman two, has more yards in the postseason and touchdowns than Travis Kelsey. He has caught in six years. Uh, no, yeah, six years. He has caught four miles worth of yardage. <laughs> and it's it's not even close. I mean, I could sit down. You can give me pictures. People and go, Gronk. Yeah, got a great career, Hall of Fame, and and maybe you can say the Lombardi trophies. Okay, got it. But let's look at everything else. Truthfully. I could make a strong case to the Supreme Court that Travis Kelsey's the the best player to ever play the position in this league's history. 
And that's saying something because there's been some dudes that have come before him and one that just uh, walked away uh, in Gronk. But um, you, you can clearly make that case. So, Mitch, is it is it being 32? Is it is it uh, you know that he sees he's looking over his shoulder and he's hearing it? And maybe he's looking. Well, there's Father Time, uh, kind of off in the distance, but he's maybe starting to get. Is that what's driving him? Do you think? Andy Reid's just something. I'm going to answer your question. Andy Reid has one of his initial comments from here in camp, and it resonated with me, like where I'm at on the Monopoly board, going around and around, is that there's more days, Andy said there's more days behind me than in front of me. Mm. But he's only, I'm only one of 32 guys that get to do what I do. I think that with Kelsey, to answer your question, we could say, and Kelsey, he and I talked about this informally, but there's more days uh, in behind Kelsey than in front of him. But the amazing thing about him is he's performed at such a high level. Like his number of snaps, staggering. Uh, 13, he only played one snap. But since 14, there's been only one time he has missed. And I know he's played through a plethora of injuries. It was the second half in the playoff loss to the Titans in the 2017 season. And the Chiefs were up 21-7. to They lose 22-21, largely in part that Kelsey wasn't out there. But think about what this team has done the last four years, the last six years, the last nine years, eight years that Kelsey's been on the field with Big Red, and he's been out there all the time. And he still asks in Andy Reid's offense, he doesn't like, well, hey, go out and float around and catch passes. He has to do all of the other tight end stuff and all the grunt work, down blocks. He's got to block tackles. He's got to protect sometimes. Um, so he still has everything on his plate, and he does all the stuff a tight end will do. He'll line up as an ice and Y. He'll run every route on the route tree. I mean, he does it all. He checks every box, and he's been there for you know eight consecutive years and hasn't missed any time. It's been remarkable. Speaking of uh, on his plate, well, what should people be thinking about on their plates tonight, Mitch Holtis? Let's talk about Papa John's in our final 30 seconds. Oh, man, they got it going on. You know, when they hit August, they sense football's coming, too. And it's like Iowa State Fair. I said the whole IndyCar race in Newton uh, the week before camp started, got everything revved up. But they've got uh, their specials now. They got these pepperoni bites that are actually perfect for lunch. You're like, I don't know if I want a big pizza for lunch. No, these pepperoni bites will do it for you. So just check it out with uh, Matt and Tom Donaldson. Of course, the work they do uh, philanthropically throughout Des Moines and Central Iowa are uh, legendary. Indeed, they are. Thank you, Mitch Holtis. We will uh, speak with you tomorrow. Thanks, Mitch. Yep, and I'll give you this quick question: Who's going to lead the defense? It's you know that Matthew's gone. We'll, we'll explore that the next two days. It'll surprise you. Look forward to it. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Papa John's uh, sponsors our daily conversation with Mitch. All right, Iowa State football media days. They were held yesterday. Nick Olson will help us out with that when we come back. David Kaplan will head to Chicago at eleven thirty. Uh, catch up with the latest on Chicago sports with Cappy Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station one hundred six point three KXNO.